have to listen to that whole song to get all the nuance out of it. Uh, Trish, I can hear that. Okay. To get all the nuance out of it, I mean, all the things going on in there, that's what kind of amazes me. There's uh, the atmosphere that's created with that is particularly, you know, completely takes over the atmosphere. I mean, if that's the atmosphere you want, that's the that's the thing with those voices and things going on in this sort of, almost like it's being sung in a bar. Um, you know, it's it, it, almost like it's karaoke. But anyway, it it's, was really uh, totally just amazed all the little things that went in there. I haven't considered that for quite a while, and it's uh, I'm getting ready to do another another uh, song bend, you know, binge of material. I'm going to make sure that um, you know they get as crazy and as fucked up as possible. You know, that one was messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, that's what, uh, you know, that's what they pay me the big bucks for, for the effed up factor. Okay, um, just an update on the on, on your genocide. Uh, okay, so, so I'm dealing with, um, you know, the world uh, out there, and they don't seem concerned, you know? And it seems on Maui, uh, they're just going to, rebuild it in their image, and the people are just going to go along with it. So as long as they're going to do that, there's nothing I can do. I'm not saying I give up on the tragedy. It's just like 9-11. If you talked about 9-11, you were made into social pariah. If you talked about the the pandemic, which when Trish called it that in a uh, in the documentary, she says pandemic, and one critic jumped all over her for it. I'm like, really? Are there really people that think this was all natural? That that whoever that critic was was a blithering idiot. I mean, it just how dumb can you get to not understand that we've all been played and been played since birth with with fake media, fake this, fake so all a simulation. It's all one big TV show. So I don't take it seriously anymore. You know, I mean, this idea of you know I'm going to warn you and we're going to. If you want to survive, I'm like, well, there's things worse than death, you know. I mean, living uh, like a fool or struggling or, you know, hurting other people or, you know, being in a, in a state of war and a state of, uh, you know, malnourishment and things like that. I mean, that's terrible. These people are, um, I did figure out, I did get a glimpse of what they're up to, though, that, that people are not really focusing on because it's just too horrific to focus on. What they really want to do, this is, and I knew this when I was a kid. What they really want to do is they really want to blow up the planet. No, I'm serious. They've got technology now that they can, they can devastate it. If they can get rid of the trees and block the sun, that would be, you know, to kill everything and everyone in it. <clears throat> Which, you know, when I see these people giving... Bill Gates a nod, like having him on the show. Yeah, we're going to cut the trees down, cut the carbon back. It's going to be a really great world. What they understand is he's talking about the people he's talking to are going to be dead. And then the release of the mosquitoes, they're going to be dead. And then every single thing he does is to cause death. He is the angel of death. How could you say that, you right-wing bigot? Oh, I'm not right-wing. I told you, USA out of Maui, Maui for, for Hawaiians. 
That's about as left-wing as you could possibly get. Overthrow the government, left-wing. Let them have a government by the people for the, liberate them from the, uh, the bloody tyranny of the United States. So now that, now me and the left are all aligned. We're all aligned on that one, aren't we? No, uh, the left went nationalist and they, they now stand for, uh, law and order. Anyone tries to secede, you just send in the, you know, the, uh, the UN, because they don't care about shooting people, and they'll just kill everybody. So what we have is um, they don't, again, there is no new world order. There, there already was a world order. There is no new world order coming. There is no utopia coming. You know, what there is is annihilation and, and you know, and weaponized nihilism, I call it. So that would be, you know, um, trying to get people to accept through propaganda their own fate of dying within, say, five years. And a lot of the young people are already accepting that they're going to die in five years and they're complete nihilist about it. And they want to get even with the people that caused all this, you know, the Trump supporters or whatever, whatever other... <laughs> uh, it, it's hard for me not to just laugh out loud at these people at, at their you know ridiculous foolishness and stupidity. It's, it, it really is. I mean, you know. So my feeling when when Trish said the word pandemic on the on the dock, I thought leave it in because if she said pandemic, that would mean that she went along with it. So she has to say pandemic. Otherwise, people get the impression that she's, you know, down with the program. Yeah, it was a real pandemic, and we, you know, we all have to wear masks, and we got to take shots, and you know, nah. it's all staged. It's all a script. It's a big joke. It's a big joke. They have a new report today came out that says that, uh, so now they're doing the long COVID propaganda. COVID can kill up to two years after you've had it. Once you've been infected, it can kill up to two years. They're not saying the shot now. They're saying, you know, COVID. So if you had a cold... In the last two years, you could still die from it. It's still in your system. And, um, you know, what they're calling COVID is, is you know, it's it kind of like a weaponized flu. It's really meant to... to in, anyway, the other thing that's going on is we, we're seeing that it's possible, you know, they're, they're, they've got the Burning Man thing locked down. Now, what they're doing there is they're propagandizing the 70,000 people. They're saying... You know, because of global warming and climate change, you should have never had this event. You know, you really need to be locked down in your homes. So that's what they're using it for. And not only that, the, the, some, some think they are experimenting with Ebola there and letting hemorrhagic fever run around in the mud, you know, the mud and the, and the water and, the you know, it carries it. And so uh, because there have been reports of people who have had you know, there have been reports of deaths, but we can't verify it because they have it all locked down as a national emergency. What? There's one dead. Well, there's one dead. They're saying one dead. But, you know, they said, when I turn on Fox News, you know, just like I'll turn on CNBC for, like, say, financial news or whatever, I turn on Fox News, usually business, but um, uh, business has become, you know, propaganda. There's no accurate information there. I hear them, not just Julie Banderas, but who's the other one, the, the little small 
little brunette woman. At, 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 oh. What's her name? Libtard. No, the the one on Fox. I can't remember. Okay, well, she runs the morning show, and she said a uh, hundred and ten people are are dead. Yesterday, yesterday. Wow. There, can you do that with a straight face? Can you imagine if I tried? To, there's a hundred dead, and and nobody talks about the missing children, which has been verified by the, uh, you know, the the school district. I, I mean, you know, and then and then Oprah trots out her uh, her house slave, The Rock. We've started a fund. And and everybody's giving her the you know, middle finger and just saying, get out of here with that fun. Don't donate to her anything, ever. She's a, she's a disgusting, you know, um, selfish, grabastic kind of, you know, totalitarian, right? Freedom for me, but not for thee. So don't, you don't want to aid and abet any of those kind of people. Most celebrities are like that. You know, they're not that bright, first of all. So they take their cues from the, you know, the, the, the machine, the USA, to, you know, which is, is basically a corporatocracy uh, with the illusion of the uh, United States that doesn't exist. There is no getting America back. It doesn't exist. And, you know, under this rubric, it's really rich against poor. Rich hate the poor. The rich hate the poor. And that's, that's really what you're seeing in Maui. And that's what you're seeing in... No, I mean, I'm up early. You know, I don't expect people to be here at 4.30, you know, 4.15 a.m., uh, but you know, this stuff doesn't wait. I want to be the first out of the box with the, with the, whatever the latest thing is. And then you guys can listen to it, you know, later. But, um, you know, I think the, the chat room gives a, a chance for people to pray with each other. And also there are people that check in there, um, you know, after the, after the show is over. So, I mean, I'm, I'm usually between three and six in the morning is when um, when I can you can catch me live. That's Mountain Time, so that'd be like around five ish um, East Coast time. But it's never a sure thing exactly because um, I only want to talk when the when the inspiration hits. I see that somebody has donated to my uh, Substack. Yeah, Substack is is you know I if if people want to offer something, uh, throw money into the hat for for live performance writing which most people won't do. Most people will never show you the first draft of fiction. I'm willing to go naked, okay? So that's got to be worth something. And I am a, a professional after all. So there it's okay. Even though I do talk God and stuff there, this is the main thing where I, I just feel like it's got to go out for free. Oh, a new information, breaking news. Um, the rescue is on for 20 children and, and change. In Pakistan, and we were involved in this rescue effort. Oh, Afghanistan. Oh, Afghanistan. Sorry, but it's Violet and John in Afghanistan working with Pastor X, and basically, um, you know, we had to buy their freedom because they were going to be, you know, sold. Right. Weren't they going to be auctioned off? They're, they're... Well, let Trish give us an update. I, she's really, but I'm just. Um, you know, I got the call from Violet, and um, she just sounded really dire. She just was really upset, you know, because they were, they had all Their kinds parents, of video and pictures of them raping these, you know, five-year-old. Nine-year-old. Nine-year-old um, children. Same thing. The update is um, 
there, there's 20 children. Their parents have been killed because they were Christians. Right, of course. And then um, they the kidnapped all the children of these parents that were So we're basically killed. paying the ransom. And um, right? it's, uh, it's really a bad situation because mm-hmm. they're not just torturing the children. They're, they're raping them. They're, they're, you know, who knows? One has died. He was trying to escape. I think he was a nine-year-old or 11-year-old. I'm not sure exactly how old he was, but he tried to get away, and, and they killed him. So uh, pray for a successful... So, so how many rescue. children are we getting? 20. 20. So that's you know pretty good. Um, you know, and that's the kind of work that I'm involved in, you know, sort of on the side. You know, I don't really talk about it that much because... It's, well, because you can't, you know what I mean? You can't really talk about it with these operations. And um, though I'm not there as a mercenary, you know, or with mercenaries busting down the doors, it's got to be, it can only be done peacefully. And, you know, you have to negotiate with, you have to have funds. So if they didn't have, you know, this is just a thing about, okay, so if you donate to them, they will go toward freeing, actually freeing, you know, kidnapped children that uh, would otherwise be put on the auction block and raped to death. Okay, so you're you're talking about a um, you know front lines kind of thing. And anyway, we're happy to take part in it. And um, but there's a lot more room for for you know there's just people like this all over Afghanistan and Pakistan and India. And, um, you know, it's, 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 a, it's just a horrible thing, but uh, God loves these children. These are mainly, you know, I guess in the, in the Hindu caste system, they'd be called the untouchables. And you know what I mean? They would be street urchins, you know? And, and there's lots of these, like, street kids running around, like Mumbai and, and, and Lahore and... Uh, uh, Kabul and other places, and they're just and no one regulates them. They're not in school or anything. They're just running around trying to survive, and they 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 get um, you know they get trafficked and they get used and abused, and then um, they grow up and they get a gun and they and by that point they're ready to kill everybody, <laughs> you know, and they're put on the front lines and you know used as cannon fodder. I mean it's a, it's a terrible tough situation. But that's where God sort of, you know, has my direction. We'll be hearing from Violet and John on the 20th. And so we'll get an update on that. But by then there'll be another rest. I guarantee there's like one every, every month there's some, something like that going on. But 20 kids, that's a lot. You know, when Violet and John started and they built the new, I guess we all kind of took part in building the new um, Center for Orphans. There's no way to fit all these ones that are being rescued. So uh, the one thing that we can talk about is where do these kids go once they're rescued by Violent John? How, how is it they get, you know, um, saved and, and rescued? Well, first of all, they, most all of them understand that Jesus rescued them. God rescued them. God used us, used them to do this rescue, you know, moved us in the spirit. Because um, most people would not you know, put themselves out there, I mean, you know what I mean, you know, or, or risk financially or anything like that to, you know what I mean? Most people are so worried about every dollar that they're just clutching on and, and actually going broke. 
And I think what we're proving here is that, I don't know, the relationship with money is like when God moved me to, 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 to get involved in this, it was like, you're not going to chintz out God. You know what I mean? You're going to get in line. You just, you just, whatever, whatever they want. Okay, here. <laughs> and, uh, and then Pastor X prayed for us. He said, you know, may you guys increase, you know? And so he's like paying for our, in- he's praying for our increase. And that, that, you know, and I took that to mean, uh, you know, it's, it's just funny how that happens. So you, you, you give over here and then it comes in over there, you know, it's amazing. Of course, if you give with the expectation of increase, increase will not happen. I should do a little thing on money. You almost want to be irresponsible and and, be, and not focus. And then, and, you know, your faith is tested. If you worry, then you don't have faith in God because you don't have faith that God will provide. You know? One guy was saying, well, if you have any money, spend it. That's the only way to get the flow going. There's little gems like that out there, but all of them have a certain a common theme. You know, like I hate it when Alex Jones, for example, he'll say, it's up to you whether we survive or not. You know, and it's like, and, I, and I'm like, that's not the way to get donations, but, you know, fine. Um, you know, uh, uh, selling the products, that's, if it's a, what he's doing as a business, trying to, that's what he knows how to do. Um, you know, that, that seems to work well for him, you know, but these donations that come in, they come in sporadically and you can't just say to the people, um, you know, it's up to you. I mean, I think we all know that, you know, you don't need to have a, no one needs to say that to me. It's up to you, Zeph, to rescue these, it's up to you to rescue these 20 children. Now, if you decide not to, then they're all going to die. It's your fault. You know what I mean? (laughs) So that's the way to chase away a donation. That's the way to not be able to receive because it means you have no faith. But to put it out there like this is the situation, this is what's happening. And, you know, if you have any, um, you know, if you're moved in the spirit to deal with it, fine. If not, fine. No guilt. And no worry. Like, oh, no, I'm not going to make it till tomorrow. Oh, no worry. Now, when it gets down to provision, like, you know, to, to bartering, well, you have to barter like you know things you have, like a, a bottle of whiskey for a bag of tobacco or a or a meal, even you know, and 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 all that's going on. Um, that's really going to be a test of faith. You know, do you have sufficient faith that that do you do you have faith in the Sermon on the Mount? Do you believe the Sermon on the Mount? Do we need to go through that here, the Sermon on the Mount, even though it's so basic to every Christian that it should be just memorized? You know, but do you have faith sufficient as a child would, like the Sermon on the Mount? That, you know, do you see the relationship between the birds and and the beasts and how they're running around? And how they're not gathering, the, you know, into barns and things, and and not, you know, they're they're just on the on the fly, uh, no pun intended. And and how God provides, wouldn't He care even more for you? Wouldn't He care 
If he cares for all of them, wouldn't he care for you? The pinnacle of his creation. And as a father would for a, a, a child. And the answer is, of course. But then what blocks that? And, 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 and people have been studying this for, for eons. What blocks the blessing is the worry. Because you're essentially telling God, I don't believe you. And now I'm worried that I'm going to starve to death. So I better store up as much as I can. And um, so, <laughs> and I see people all the time and they're, they, they've, you know, I've seen them come and seen them go. I mean, I've seen that people um, become wealthy in their endeavors, which is, you know, a great blessing. And, you know, I've seen them be, be led by what, their conscience and then lose everything. <laughs> you know, trying to give money to everybody, their friends and everybody else. I think, you know, who ran into that was, I think, Russell Brand. At one point before he got his podcast going, he had, you know, given money to anybody and everybody. He just had a big heart, you know. And and then what happens is then he runs, <laughs> he runs out. See, there's that too. How could that happen? And but there's a thing about, you know the, the 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 you know there's a thing about proceeding cautiously and listening carefully and having discernment you can't save the whole world with whatever resources you have so you already have to make a decision that 99% of the world you're not you're going to deny i mean if that's the way you want to look at it you're not going to give them anything even if they're starving but this other 1% over here you're taking care of because that's where god put you so that's that's the deal with with Afghan with Pakistan with the uh, the little treasure orphanage and ministry is really what it is at this point it's it's a it's a it's a Jesus street ministry but I don't give them stuff to so that I can get anything I I don't think like that you know I just uh each each incident is just a separate incident in in its own right and sometimes I hear stories of people and I'm not moved to do anything. Sometimes I am, but I mean, I'm, I'm kind of on assignment with that, with that ministry, trying to make sure that it stays, um, that it, 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 I believe by now it's pretty well established. And I know they do have donors and people that take care of them because without us, they would, they would definitely starve. Um, but the way I look at it is when God moves me. I don't, you know, they can say any kind of sob story they like. They can have, you know, kids in front of a firing squad. You know, all that stuff would not move me. See what I mean? And see, if that's what moves you, then you're already cutting God out of the equation. So you're being disobedient to begin with. Then you will probably go down financially. You'll give and then you won't get. The flow won't be there. If you expect to get, you definitely won't get. I try to say this, you know, if you expect, it, it, this goes, this is true not just with money, but this is true with every every endeavor. And I'm trying to curb the enthusiasm of people around me. Like, if you expect, because you're going to do this or that, you know, big things, every every expectation that, say, we've had with Craves House has, been, has failed. 
But other things have come through that where, we, where our mind wasn't blocking it. How do you block it? Oh, I expect this is going to do really great business. Ba 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 ba. Okay, that's a death knell right there. That's, that's what you're saying is you're going to block it. You're going to insert yourself. And so I say, cautiously, I just wait. And if something does well, great. That, at that point, I'm praising God. Not celebrating beforehand because that is a big mistake. Big mistake. And will block manifestation. It's just like hubris. You know what I mean? Pride goeth before a fall. That's, that, it falls into that category when you're celebrating too early or you think you got something in the bag or you think this is going to happen. Nobody knows the future, so you got to be humble and quiet and cautious because um, there's a little bit of wisdom. And the, you, those, those few of you who are here today, you're going to you're get you know, a good download here on this because... All these principles apply to everything. Apply to everything. And my, the fact that I've survived again amongst the wolves and, and, and you know, assassinations and every other thing uh, kind of proves that um, faith in God is the thing that works. So, so here's the advice. It's like no matter what your endeavor is, if you're trying to sell your house, you're trying to do this, you want to go there, you want to you you um, get a job, somewhere, um, whatever it is that you're moved to do, this idea of, of I've got it, no, I don't have it, oh, I get, oh, I'm worrying about it, all that kind of stuff is um, going to block your success. The only way to success is to be cautiously optimistic, put faith in God, praise God, and when something happens, it manifests and it will then in that point, it's a praise God situation. And not before then. Because when you're worried, and you know that's one thing, that'll block everything. And when you're, um, when you're cocky, and you think you got it in the bag, and you think, oh, this is really going really to sell, man. We're going to really make a lot of money on this. Never happened. And I'm trying, I want to explain this to people around me, too, that are involved in selling films and stuff. It just, it doesn't, you know, you can't go there because it's going to block the blessing. And, and it does it every, every 100% of the time, it blocks it. 100%. That's why Jesus said the poor are with you always, because the poor never learn. They never learn how, how to make money. They, you know, they block it. And they block it because they worry about it. And I'm seeing this, you know, in, um, you know, people I know that, I've, that do work for me and stuff like that that are around here, um, that there's this worry about money, this crazy obsession. And this one man is telling me, well, money just burns a hole in my pocket. I said, what about last month? I paid you to do this, this, and this. You, were, you were, went to Mexico. You have the cattle down there and and uh, you know you know but it just burns a hole in my pocket i don't have anything now how can that be and no matter how much money you that, that a person makes it burns a hole they don't have any you know so there's a situation and it's okay to not have any i mean that's fine if that's what where god has you serving that's fine 
Nothing wrong with being poor. There's nothing wrong with being uh, rich. There's nothing wrong with being poor. Wherever, whatever station you end up at, you know. But I think there's one thing you can't do, and that's, you know, change God's will and, you know, beg for stuff, things like that. It's, I mean, it's one thing to, to, to ask for help. It's another thing to beg. God already knows what you need, so there's no need to beg. You know, God knows your, your desires. There's no need to beg. I mean, it, okay, so on the issue of health, which is like finances, and then there's health. Okay, and health. I was close to, you know, death's door, but I did not feel anxious or worried in, about anything, and I made a very quick recovery. Imagine if I'd sit there, you know, crying and begging God to, to give me five more minutes. What, what for? I don't need five more minutes. If he's going to take me now, fine. If he's going to take me later, fine. But if I have any other attitude than that, then I'm, yeah, I'm going to hasten my own death. Can you see that? Well, if you can learn this, you'll have a good life. You know what I mean? You'll, 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 you'll help others too. If you don't learn it, God will just break you until you do learn it. <laughs> so either way, you're going to learn it because it's, uh, it all falls under the giant heading of trust in God. You know, in God we trust. If you really do trust God, then there's not much, you know, then, then the worries are over. They're not? Well, then to that extent that you worry and you obsess on money, things, things that aren't done, things that are broken, you got to fix this, do that, do that, but uh, it's all piled up now. Uh, you're just going to drown in a sea of failure. And you're going to drown in that sea of failure because you, because you did it. You took over the, the reins from God. You took over the, the, the control. And whenever you take over the control, whenever we do that, Look, I'm only speaking from experience of, of a, a person that's failed a lot. The biggest failure that I have is when I expect that something's going to go great and, and, and there's this like excitement about it ahead of time. No. Move forward cautiously and stop thinking about, stop expecting anything. There are people out there that have positive thinking seminars that go, if you can visualize it, you can get it. No, don't do that. You know, visualize it to, to, to get inspired. But you know when when it's when it's when it's up to somebody else and to, to buy or sell or do whatever it is you know and you're waiting on people and you don't know what's going to happen you don't know the outcome at that point it's time to just be quiet and knock it off be quiet be cautious be discerning and knock it off because that's all you're going to do is shoot yourself in the foot. And like in the case, if you need money, the money just won't be, it just be, there'll be like a block on the money. You go, why is there a block, Lord? Lord, why is there a block? It's because you, you, you blocked it is why. How'd you block it? Because you expected something big. You expected something little. You were encouraged, you were discouraged. You were up, you were down. You were here, you were there. In all cases, you took over. And... um and then, you know, the, the result, then you, you take personally, you know, and you say, well, you know, why is there this block? It must be this or that. And it's just, it's just we don't have enough faith. 
we don't trust God really. So we, the biggest victories I've had have been where I didn't even expect anything. Boom. Oh, wow, you're kidding. Lord, this is unbelievable. You know, that, 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 that seems to be uh, the key with God. You know, it's just, it's, I'm not teaching prosperity doctrine here because I'm, you know, not, I'm not having you visual, blab it and grab it, visualize it and, and manifest it. All that sh- bullshit. It's like Tony Robbins. You know what I mean? More people went broke buying the Tony Robbins materials and never made a dime. It's because they were obsessed with money so much they couldn't make any. Another bit of wisdom that people have had is, you know, do what you're passionate about, do what you're led to do, and the money will come. So don't worry about it. And that's that's excellent. That's all, that's all you need to do. And if you do any 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 further than that, if you it was, you know, whether you, if you worry or celebrate both things before that money comes in, it won't come in. It just won't. And I, I don't know. I'm, I'm really mystified when I see people blocking themselves and then looking for a cause outside themselves, looking for, you know, somebody or something that, you know, you know, wanting to be a victim. Well, there are no victims in Christ. There's only victory. So with that being said, how would we go about victory? Um, how do we go about being victorious in other aspects of our life? Why is it then in financial affairs, it, we, we, we're losers, and in everything else, we're winners? It's because of, you know, deep-seated um, fear and distrust of, the, the universe of yourself, of God, of your of people around you, of whatever. It's 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 a victim mentality, and that blocks money too. That's the blo- so when people say, "Well, where's the block?" It's it's us. We're blocking it, and we all you know have to. So what's the answer? When you start worrying, you got to check yourself and got stop it and just force yourself not to get your eyes on the Lord, get into the, into the Word and. And just relax and get your mind off the result. If you build something and nobody buys it, if you they do buy it, if they don't, that's irrelevant. That it has no relevance whatsoever. Except if you worry about whether they're going to buy it or not, they won't. If you celebrate, oh, wow, I can't wait to get this out there. They're going to buy it. They won't. They will not. They'll feel a block, and then they'll say, "Ah, something wrong with this. I'm going to stay away." And um, it's the age-old principle. Contrasting that, when Russell Brand got going with his podcast, it became very popular, and then you know, obviously, it's a money maker for him, and also you know, stand-up comedy and all that. So, I mean, you know, he's he's had to learn that lesson. That, you know, you can't play God either with with giving stuff out to people. So I'm just doing what's in my heart to do. Don't do what's in your heart to do. Do what God leads you to do. Because you can't take care of 99% of this planet. And all are deserving. You just do that little bit you can do. And if everyone does that, we have a much better place to live. Not that, you know, we can turn the 
the psycho thing off right now. This is, this is all judgment of God, what's happening now. These are, um, you know, God is using the, the evil people to carry out his wrath. You know, and, um, you know, people have just got too fat, dumb, and happy in America. And so now they're, you know, as, as the hardships come in, they start waking up. And unfortunately, that's what they have to, they won't wake up otherwise. There's no point to their life if they're not going to honor God. I mean, what, why, why should they, you know, the, Klaus Schwab is right. Why not just kill them? Because what do they do? If they don't honor God, what, what is their purpose? They have no purpose of their own because they're going to die anyway. So what's the purpose? I know. See, it's just, it's so obvious, but they'd miss it. It's just like people when they, when they, they, I remember this one woman that kept lecturing everybody on uh, health and supplements are just a real, and it's just so long ago, like in the 80s in LA, and I was hanging around with the, um, what I call the Jet Set Art Group. It's, um, Artists that do big commissions in airports and hotels and, you know what I mean? They fly around the world first class and they, you know, they, or they have planes and they, you know, have cool pads and, and down in Venice and they got, uh, you know, they, they've got all kinds of factories where they make these monstrosities. <laughs> you know, that kind of crowd. And in that crowd was, because I knew um, an artist from, uh, from Coconut Grove, Miami, and they, they were all connected so, so you know, uh, I was invited to dinner and, you know, got to socialize with him a little bit, got to know him a little bit. Not, not more than an acquaintance, really, but just, you know, it was polite. They were nice, I guess. Um, they didn't harass me, which was good. But here's the thing. Uh, this woman, I forget her name now, and everyone really liked her, you know, and she was so vibrant and alive. And she died at 40 from failing health after lecturing everybody about what to eat and not eat that and do eat that and do that. And just, just obsessed. Turns out, <clears throat> I think she knew she had some health issues. So she was obsessing on, because she didn't, she was young, she didn't want to die. So she was just like totally into it, you know, completely like, and then, you know, lecturing everybody else and what they're doing wrong. And then turns out she had, you know, cancer and died. So, um, you know, the, the, I, the, I thought about that for many years afterwards, you know, like, gosh, that's so odd that, that she, she, the one person in health, you know, dies at 40. It, it just didn't make a lot of sense until I started realizing that they were worried about their health. And all the things they were doing, all these natural remedies and all that didn't do shit. They were so worried about the health that even if they're, you know, I could take those same supplements and probably beat cancer, but it all depends on your attitude. If you're worried about your health, it's going to, your worries, your fears will probably come true. You will block your healing. Right? So the same principle in everything. You know, if you want to be a success... And, you know, the, the, and, and, and you're led by not your own selfish passion, but you're led by the spirit of God into what to do, where to go, how to, you know, how to live. Then you have to be consistent with that. And then if you take it back from God, then, of course, that sets everybody back and everybody around you back. That creates blockages. 
Blessings are blocked when there's worry. I guess that's the, the way to sum this up. Blessings are blocked when there's worry. Um, you know, being treated fairly in the workplace. Well, if you're worrying about it over and over, you won't be treated fair in the workplace because you're worrying about it. If you trust God and go into the workplace and, and, uh, and take your, all your, you know, your redress issues to the Lord and then let it be, and then be done with it, and then go into the workplace, there's a good chance that you would be able to, I mean, not, it's not 100%, you know, because God may be breaking you, but I mean, there's a good chance. Well, when he breaks us, you know, it's to teach us these lessons. When you're broken down enough, the only thing you can rely on is God. You've got nothing else. You've got no friends. You've got no people. Everyone's written you off. You're just, you're just, when you're down and out, nobody wants to be around you. So you're just, there you are, you and God. You know, it's like you've got to build it back from that, from that level. And then, you know, we, the age-old um, adage, we've got to dance with the one who brung us. So you're, you're going to, you know, there's a problem. Have a meeting about it. No, have no meeting about it. You're just going to have to take it to the Lord. And then you can meet all you want, you know. But uh, if that meeting involves, you know, worry and all that, if it involves caution and discernment, good. If it involves boldness and boasting, bad. When things haven't happened and you boast about it, you block it. When things have happened and you praise God for it and all that and you're grateful, you get it. And as long as you keep your eyes off of that sort of thing and off the prize, keep your eye on the prize. No, don't keep your eye on the prize. Don't do what the world does. Keep your eyes on the Lord and the Lord provides. Any other thing is unacceptable to God. It's completely unacceptable. And you will then feel like a victim. But instead of blaming God, you blame everyone around you or blame your mother or blame somebody. I've been around all these, these tracks and I've done all these things that I'm you know, telling you not to do, I've, I've done. I've learned the hard way on a lot of this. No, there's nothing wrong with being inspired to be, a, you want to build, say, a sports car, okay? And so you're inspired, you visualize what kind of sports car you're going to build, you know? And I mean, then you just go to work building it. You look for investors to back you and all that. Well, you're not going to get to, to, to base one with an attitude like, um, I'm worried we won't get the funding, Or, you know, I, I don't know what the, well, why this isn't happening. How come there's this, this delay and block and block and delay and delay and block? It's because we create those blocks and delays. God doesn't create them. It's, it's, God will do what you say. If, if you want to take over and worry about it, then, then, you know, or celebrate about it or do something, you know, inappropriate uh, to God, then God will just say, okay, go ahead, you know. Call me up when you're ready. When you're serious. When you stop playing childish games. Games like, you know, oh, please, God, give us this, this, and the other thing. And then it's like, gosh, I'm really worried that these guys are going to screw us. Well, which is it? Faith in God or your own being God worried that they're going to screw you? Which is it? Which is it? So, you know, I've had to really apply a lot of this because I, if I find myself worrying, I really have to, you know, and I do my best to knock it off. 
if I'm in a negative state of mind, you know, it's best to stay alone and not contaminate other people with it. Right? Because it's just like there are storm clouds that come and storm clouds go. You know, one could be depression and then it goes. So if you're wise and discerning, you're going to look at it like that and, and oh, I better get quiet, get in the word, you know, let it pass. And then, you know, then I'm ready for prime time. So that's kind of like, you know, it in a nutshell about, you know, about the world that is, you know, where, where your, your common sense looks around and says, hey, there's going to be nothing for anybody. Everyone's starving. Well, okay, if you look at it that way, then I guess that's your reality. But um, if it's more like, Lord, what do you want me to serve today? And then, of course, what do you want me to do today, Lord? And just keep at that and stop expecting things to go we prayed, it's, it's not going to happen, and God's going to block it. It's like, no, there's no, God is not going to block COVID. Or, or, you know, if we have the attitude that, that God's, you know, going to do this or God's going to do that, you know, or, or some expectation, um, then our own thoughts will be wrong. Our own, in, you know, being excited or happy about an outcome will be wrong if the outcome hasn't happened yet. If you think you're going to make a million dollars off something you're selling in the marketplace and you're out, you know, jumping around, it's going to be blocked and you're going to be left with nothing. It's just because it's always, it's that way for everyone and it, all, it always, it's 100% accurate. In fact, when things don't happen, sometimes God is teaching us something, teaching us a lesson, you know, you should never, ever celebrate before the celebration is due. And you should never worry about it before it's due as well. If you can get off those two things, then flow, spirit, flow, God, you, you know, things change. Things can happen. But they can't happen if you're God, if you worry and oh god i don't know if we're gonna you know it just feels really bad that you know things are so delayed and just nothing's working and you know what do i do lord um well the voice of god would say to you stop worrying and start celebrating the fact that you're that that god exists you know start praising the lord the lord inhabits the praises of his people and get your mind off that like, you know, the best way to, to manifest anything is just, you know, you make the best effort you can and you let it, let it go where it's going to go. You do what's passionate and you don't think about the result. You just, you know, you've done your best and, and you, you don't think about any result. You just, you just let God be God. God's the result, not you, not me. And uh, once you've given it over, that's it. Out of mind. And um, that's how to succeed. That's, that's how you win. That's how winning is done. Because, see, with that kind of thing, the burden is off your shoulders, i.e. the result. 
You don't, that if you worship the result or need the result or beg for the result or you just got to have the result, uh, if you're really a child of God, the result will be blocked or it will be less than what you had hoped for. It won't even be anywhere near the ballpark. But just two months ago, we're celebrating, uh, you know, a victory when, there, when it hasn't happened yet. And so then the victory is gone and then there's some other substitute which isn't really victory, and then the can gets kicked down the road. Oh, well, I guess we'll wait for the next time. Guess it didn't happen. You know, it's funny. When I was a kid, I, I understood this. When I was so traumatized, I was, like, broken from my the pattern of worry at one point in my life. And, like, I, would, I wrote a postcard into... <clears throat> um, I think it was KFWB. It might have been KHJ in uh, in LA radio, and they were putting on a premiere of um, the Beatles' "Hard Day's Night," and I was a big Beatles fan. And I don't know when this 1965 maybe, and they were going to put it on at the Ivar Theater down in Hollywood, and uh, you had to listen for your name. And if they called your name, you get uh, two tickets to the premiere. And I just, I set an end, and um, I, I just had, I just knew that I, I just, I felt good about it. I said, I, I forgot about it, and then I was listening one day, and they called my name, I called in, I got my tickets. Out of the thousands and thousands of people that sent in postcards, because the Beatles were really hot, I mean, everyone wanted to see the Beatles. And this was this Hard Day's Night movie, I mean, so this was going to be really a, a, don't miss this situation, and I've had a lot of things happen with me like that. And what was the difference in, in that versus something that should have gone but didn't? Like a screenplay, you know, you put it out there, you know what's going to happen. Well, just forget it. You're not supposed to be obsessing on it. Obsession equals failure. Get busy with something else. You know, so that would be my advice to myself when I was younger. But anyway, I would win things like that. You know, just um, oh, another example. I bought a raffle ticket at um, the, uh, uh, the gun show in the Ventura County Fairgrounds. Now, that gun show was huge. I mean, that Ventura County Fairgrounds is, is huge. I mean, it's a giant place. And everybody bought a raffle ticket. You go and part of your just admission is, you know, filling out, you know, getting that raffle ticket. And I won. I won a Browning uh, 22 long, long rifle, 22 long rifle shells. Uh, I don't know what you call that, LR. Uh, 22 LR match pistol from Browning. It had a 10 magazine, but if you put a normal magazine in, you'd have like uh, maybe you know 15 shots. Okay? and uh, And it's a really good gun. I mean, it's a really... You know, it's not, won't kill anybody, but, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, I guess for, for, I wouldn't aim it at a rattlesnake because if you miss, you could leap at you, you know what I mean? It's, but it's, uh, you know, mainly for target practice. It's mainly a match, it's for competition, I think. Anyway, bottom line is, um, I won that out of all these, what was the, my attitude was, I, I, I didn't have an attitude like, oh, I'm not going to win. Or I didn't have an attitude like, oh, I'm going to win. I just put it out there and walked around the gun show and uh, 
didn't I don't think we I didn't buy anything, just looked at what was going on and eventually they they had their raffle and I contacted me and I was like, "Wow." Uh, you know, I I uh, was very pleasantly surprised. I I think I'd kind of put it out of my mind if you understand. So that was another one. Then there's several others like that, you know, other things where there's, you know, the odds are like a million to one against. And and all those wins um, were, again, based on, you know, not worrying, but, but just, you know, uh, uh, just process. You just, you know, oh, yeah, fill it out, you know. Because there aren't million-to-one odds. There aren't millions of people. There aren't thousands of people. There are no applicants. You're the only one. And therefore, since, since it's a simulation and you're the only one entering it, then of course you win. And and you know I know I understand it's a hard thing, a hard concept to, to to grasp. But those wins, you know, prove one thing to me that I shouldn't. I mean, based on my own logic, I shouldn't have won. But if I went in there with my own logic, I would have blocked any win that I could have had. So the whole exercise would have been futile in the first place. And it, it's just, it's just what oh, and then people say, well, you're so lucky, you just win stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, because I've had several things like that in my life, you know, that I don't, I'm not a gambler, so I don't, I don't buy lottery tickets or anything like that. I don't go to the racetrack, I don't go to Vegas. But um, it's just interesting to, to, to finally at long last see that wherever you are in life, you know, that you had a lot to do with it. You know, you had a lot to do with 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 it, and and other people didn't. You know, other people don't exist, so they're not your blockers. Your your you know the the trauma I, I had with my own family trying to kill me, uh, and all that, and then and then shushing me, and then destroying my credibility. All these things that happened, it it was really um, you know they're not to. It's you know, that's why we have to have forgiveness because you have to let it go. You've got to get that out of your mind in order, even to talk about it. You have to get it out of your mind of, 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 of the trauma or the, of the worry and the, the fears and all that, all that have to, have to go or else you go round and round in this cycle, you know, and, uh, it's, um, you know, you can say, well, you know, because of this, this is blocked, that's blocked, that's blocked, everything's blocked. Because of that trauma from childhood, every all these things are blocked. And uh, well, indeed, but but you but see the added truth to it is, but you're the one blocking it. They're not blocking it; they're dead. They don't even exist. So you're blocking it. And when I say block, it means you know just basic flow in life. You know, just uh, you know having things smoothly going on rather than just one trauma after another. I used to have one trauma after another, just a recreation of, of, of earlier trauma because of PTSD, and I just would have one trauma after another until I finally got, you know, got free of, uh, I guess it's just time. Time does heal wounds, you know. It just, it just got old, you know. Um, you know, whatever... Whatever has happened, whatever whatever limitations, whatever abuses, whatever, like I say, traumas, it, it doesn't matter how severe they are. 
in order to heal, you have to they, you have to get beyond them, forgive people, let it go, whatever, so you can go free. And so that you can actually have a life rather than a life looking backwards. A life looking backwards is denying the present. A life looking forwards is denying the present. So when you look forwards with expectation, you know, block. Backwards with, with certain kinds of... Um, Suppositions like, like you know, uh, if I didn't have this happen, I would have been able to do that. Things like that. A block. Right? And, and it blocks every time, you know, the energy of just moving forward. And when we do move forward, again, I'll just say it, you know, just take it from an old, old guy that has some wisdom. We are to, to, you know, taking the Bible verse, we are to be anxious for nothing. And it just, you know, uh, with Violet and John, for example, they don't know sometimes where they're going to have, how they're going to feed these people. And then something happens. You know, Jesus, and then they'll tell you, and then Jesus provided this. And then the woman that we rescued, you know, her kidneys failed. She needed a donor. A donor just walked into the hospital one day, you know, and offered a kidney to help this woman, and uh, the kidney was a match. And, uh, you know, how, how did that happen? You know, there weren't any kidneys available. And this guy said, well, I just heard a voice tell me to go in the hospital, you know, to go into the hospital and offer a kidney. <laughs> you know, divine appointment, right? So, you know, that's complete total flow and, 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 and if you said there's no kidneys in all of Pakistan and nobody has one no one's going to help and then the other attitude is well no just hold on Jesus will provide just we put the word out just stop worrying but she could die yeah well we could all die I mean just you know, get, get out of the room you know, get out of my life because you're putting, you're, you're like the cooler at the crap table. You're, you're putting, you're cooling it. You're, you're stopping the, you know, the thing. Oh, the guy just walked in off the street and offered a kidney? Yeah, out of the blue. G- thank you, Jesus. That's amazing. You provided that. It's awesome. There's a kidney coming in. Just, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? I got to keep calling down the phone. Where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Well, he's not coming in now. Oh, Lord, why have you forsaken me? Block. <laughs> Stop. Big, big brick wall there. You know, there's kidneys all over the place. I just got to keep calling till I get one. <laughs> Block. Build more bricks. More bricks in the wall. Another brick in the wall. More bricks. More bricks. More bricks. Make it so high you can't climb over it. Then blame everybody in your past for causing it. Yeah, man. And that's how kids are so susceptible to propaganda because they're told that they're victims of the oppressor and that the oppressor is, you know, white male Christians or, you know, this that group or that group or whatever. They're told, you know, they, they identify a, a, uh, as victims. And then they march, they burn stuff down because, I mean, you know, they're just burning down the, the, the stuff that these, these awful white people built or something like that. And I can tell you this, 
Their lives are going nowhere. Indeed, these young people aren't even living. They're living out somebody else's dream, somebody else's nightmare, somebody else's propaganda, but they're not living their own lives. Their lives are blocked because they're unhappy. They're unhappy because they don't have material things that they want. Or they don't have popularity. That's a big one for young people when they, they end up becoming communists because they're not really wanted. They feel ugly. So they, they, they join their comrades. We've got to tear down the oppressor, they say. And then we'll be okay. Well, there will never be a then. They're, they're, they bought in hook, line, and sinker. They've been bought and they've been sold and now they're slaves. And there's nothing you can do about it. And if you talk to them, they say, well, you're responsible for your own slavery, aren't you? And they would say, no, no. It was like I had capitalist parents. I had, uh, uh, you know, these, these awful white people at school. There were Trump supporters actually in my, you know, in my neighborhood. And, uh, you know, they made it, you know, you know, they made life just horrible. And I mean, we got to fight back. And then I might say on another side, well, Larry Fink did it. He's ruining all our lives. You know, they've, they've done weather modification to bring the rains into the burning man and then, or then sink those people in the mud. You know, so the oppressor of Bill Gates, we got to get him. And uh, you ever think that we might be in this predicament we're in right now because of our own thoughts, because of our own, you know, complete lack of discipline? You just think anything you want. You just blather out of your tongue whatever you, whatever you feel like saying. And all those things have consequences. And here we are. Here the Lord says, bring every thought captive and every word out of your mouth take responsibility for. And how many of us have really done that? Hardly any. I haven't done much about that. I've let my anger just, you know, just wreck everything. What does it wreck? It wrecks the spirit. And what's the spirit? The spirit's where things manifest into the physical reality. And if you have a block of the spirit, you have a block in physical reality. Then you're living in the same old place. Your life has not advanced at all. You're worried you can't pay the bills. You're, you know, I'm, you know there are millions of people in this situation. And, uh, you know, what their pastor should be telling them it should be doing more lessons on faith and what it really means to trust. You know, it's not just trust once in a while. It's like trust because the minute it flips into self-doubt, self-pity, doubting God, da 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 da, it just not, doesn't. It doesn't stop till it just wrecks the whole thing. It wrecks the whole train. It wrecks everything. These people are doing all this awful stuff. What about them? Well, yeah, see, that's the problem. You see these people doing this awful stuff and you, you think, well, that directly affects me and, and, and blocks me. So, Lord, please remove that block. The Lord says, you know, you keep your eyes on me and you know, look at the news second. You know, it's, it's, you know, and then when you do look at it, look at it with the covering of the full armor of God so you realize that, you know, uh, I, you know. I think if you do that, you'd even be attracted to different kinds of news. 
not just who's coming to get us. The disaster of this country and the Gestapo, you know, looking around for people to devour. Uh, <laughs> that's my advice to young people. And, you know, I, I was, uh, you know, lost in the kind of victim mentality for most of my life because of, you know, not being able to clear the trauma. And so we have to forgive. It's like, it doesn't do any good for me to forgive if I'm still traumatized. You know, we must find a way to release it. And I, f- I found the, the best way to release it is to, is to move forward, if you can, and, and not, you know, I think analyzing it too much, as I've done, you know, it, it just keeps feeding it until it finally gets, you know, uh, intolerable. Uh, look at what these people are doing. They're coming for you. They said all, all, all people like you should be killed. Well, people say all kinds of things, but you know I don't have to listen, right? You know, it's like, you know, the great example of this is uh, and Big Lebowski, and you know he's where is he being? You guys may know this better than me, but where, where he's being criticized, he goes something and and. Uh, yeah, something critical to the dude, and the dude goes, well, that's just like your opinion, man, and then just passed it off and kept going. Okay. I uh no I was looking at something I you know I've uh I believe that uh I've got to get back to my topic and my topic is weaponized nihilism. Okay, so in a sense that we've been talking about that, you know, where the kids today are basically have this idea they're only going to live a few more years because of the big awful oppressor. So they're all victims. So nothing good's going to happen to them. They're going to block every manifestation of God. They're going to block every incident, every instance of blessing. And and they're going to, you know, go into a nihilistic thing. Well, it's bad for me. I'm going to tear yours down too. Take you with me. And that's basically where we are. And if they repented, you know, the blessings of God would outpour onto them and heal those wounds. You know, now with me, I admit the trauma was such that I could, you know, when I would get triggered, you know, a lot of times the gaslighting would trigger me. And that's people doing it on purpose. Yes, they were doing it on purpose to trigger me and to cause me pain. But when I look at them and their endeavor of, you know, this sort of blackmail thing, uh, this kind of, you know, um, torturous thing they do. Uh, their lives don't look too good either. <laughs> I mean, you know, why would someone actually do that? Usually it's because they get put up to it by either government or parents or somebody to move up the social ladder, you know? 
And so they, they look for, you know, they be, they start off as policemen. They can work their way up to, you know, a CIA assassin or, you know, all kinds of stuff. And, you know, it awaits them, uh, those who can form. And really, um, those who can form are all brainwashed. So what ends up happening to them is nothing. They, they get what, you know, what's doled out to them. But I do believe this entire world order thing is a big failure and it will fail because I do believe that God is uh, on the throne in control and 100%, you know, has this. I do believe this is also a punishment by God. He's using Klaus Schwab. He's using uh, all these people to do their evil. He even says he allows it to happen to a certain extent and he's doing it to break his people so that they repent so that some of these prodigals will come home. And they're not going to come home with a buzzing economy. They're not going to come home with a, with a, with with you know with with all kinds of bread circus distractions going on everywhere. But you know the the homes are dysfunctional. We already proved that. You know, I mean, we have we have people out there like I, I I don't I don't know where these people come from, but like in one 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 uh, a, a critic wrote about um, our you know the doc that you know satanic or, or satanic ritual abuse was debunked years ago. And I'm like, when? It's raging on today all around us. When, when did that, when did that, I mean, there's more people joining covens and doing rituals now than ever before. What the hell are you talking about? What an idiot. And they, they, they do the same thing about COVID. They just, they, they get brainwashed and they actually say things like that. Like, you know, taking issue with Trish who said the word pandemic, like, Oh, that's a big sin, you know, to not, to, we're not going to toe the party line of lies and just say there's, it's a pandemic. It was natural. It's a pandemic. It wasn't natural. It's a, it's a, you know, it's definitely a plan. We have the plan. We have the written plan. We have the evidence. It's been proven, but these people just don't know shit. So, and then this is being the, 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 what they're critiquing as a film we made. You know, like they're film critics. And the, and the film critics, they actually don't know anything. They don't even know film. They don't know anything. So they get stuck in, you know, like reviewing the arts. I mean, that's, that's a pretty lowly job for a journalist, right? So that, that's where they wind up. But if they've proven now, to me, they don't need to have education. They don't really know how to write. They, 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 they get uppity uh, whenever they... Uh, Whenever, you know, somebody goes against their, they become gatekeepers is what I really mean. And they get really irate when people go against the party line of propaganda that they've all obviously enthusiastically imbibed. And then they just blather their diarrhea mouth all over their articles saying this is a film review. And and, and they just show that they're fools to begin with. And and it's, 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 you know, yeah, it, it happens in the mainstream media, but I'm just saying in the arts, it's like, okay, it's one big gatekeeper, you know, and, and they've done the same thing with like the Sound of Freedom. They they said, well, this doesn't exist. You know, human trafficking doesn't exist. That's what some of the critics have said. No, I'm serious. I am completely serious to the point where that idiot Bezos, that fucking lying piece of shit, you know, blocked it from Amazon. And then, of course, the Netflix people, we all know that they got their heads up their ass, so they, they blocked it from there, too. A movie that outdid uh, Mission Impossible. 
and theatrical. I mean, that would be one that you'd want to put prominently on your, you know, whether people agree or not, if they're left or right. I mean, so you'd have to have, uh, you, you know, there's nothing wrong with the sound of freedom at all. In fact, it doesn't go far enough. <laughs> and it's too much. And so when I'm thinking about, like, you know, the great, the, the, the great John Milius's daughter, Amanda Milius, I believe her name is, and she came out with a with a freedom documentary, and she's worked in politics and you know Republican politics, conservative politics, and and made a, a brilliant documentary, and they act like she doesn't even exist. This is John Milius's daughter. You know, John Milius was the greatest writer of his generation because why? Because most of his stuff never got out there. Why didn't it? It's because they don't like the fact that he, you know, he, he likes to shoot guns. They don't like the fact that he was a conservative, conservative voice at USC. They don't like that, that when he sort of graduated with the John Lucas's, you know, George Lucas's and all the other people, you know, and that batch of people that graduated, the Francis Ford Coppola's and the various whatever, that, that he had this, this uh, you know, concern that he would do something as brilliant as Red Dawn and so you're, what you're not seeing a million, it's probably he should have written books because they can be a legacy. See what I mean? If, if they don't make your movie, they can be a legacy. You know, if somebody, you know, has the nerve to... I mean, people are such cowards. If it says the truth, most people are just going to run away from it. But I mean, you know, he took the uh, Heart of Darkness and he made a screenplay out of it. Eventually that became Apocalypse Now. And uh, is a, is a, is a, for a two-act movie, it was pretty good. It didn't have a third act, but it had two acts. I think the John Millius version was very, like 140 pages or just a really thick screenplay. And it had three acts. <laughs> Looking for Colonel Kurtz. Right? Going upriver. <laughs> this is the end, you know, with the doors and all that. It was quite an era, quite a, quite a time. But for that, his contribution to that, his collaboration with that, and his uh, Red Dawn and his directing, his whatever he's done, I mean, he's obviously a voice to could be contended with. It should have been kind of like David Mamet, you know, for playwrights. And, and, but because Mamet is not towing the party line, uh, you know, they do this. It's insane. And you go, well, well, who runs the show? The only people that run the show are, you know, liberals that are globalists <laughs> and basically they're um satanists they don't know it but that's what they really really follow and that's their ideology you know pagans satanists uh hippies free love uh you know whatever you know uh drugs sex da 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 you know real freedom burning man and it turns out that the burning man you know, the damper on the Burning Man is coming from the people that they worship. They worship the government. And the government is now got them locked down. <laughs> I can't believe it. And, they're, and they want to be locked down. They want to be rescued by the government and they're never going to make another, they're going to do just what they're told from now on. Right? It's amazing. It's really amazing, but the, the reason we have this global crisis is because of the people, because of your neighbors. You know, don't just blame Klaus Schwab, and it's easy to blame Bill Gates. Don't blame them. They would never have risen to power 
had the people been semi-conscious, which they're not. I mean, it's all I could do in Santa Fe to not just start cracking them. I, I look like, you know, I'm, I could be like a homeless bum, kind of, you know, walking down the street, laughing, talking to myself, uh, you know, like, like you know, the, the, like some, some of the schizophrenics have been let out of, um, well, that's a label, but it's, it's a, they all, there's, a, there's a, th- a psychosis that is labeled schizophrenia, and they all have very similar traits. I had roommates that were schizophrenic. And um, all I can tell you is that, you know, they're, they're, they have a whole system in their head of how they have to do things. It's, it's, it's almost related to severe autism in a way, but they will go down the street talking to themselves and, you know, talking to people out there, and somehow they cope enough to not get violent, you know, but they're, they scare people. And they're homeless, and um, I, I can I, I can understand them more than I can understand the automatons walking around as robots, you know, window shopping in Santa Fe, you know, crowds moving. And I said, well, "Did you see the atmosphere change? Did you see the witchcraft that comes into the center of this with this little obelisk? I think they did they tear that thing down. The obelisk in Santa Fe." There's a square with that little obelisk with little, I, I, in the middle of the square. Maybe they took it down. I don't know. But it's under the, in the shadow of the, uh, the Scottish Rite Freemasonry. God, awful, ugly, pink building that sort of, you know, overshadows all of Santa Fe. And you look at that and then you go to the graveyard, you know, and you look there and it's like all Masonic symbolism. Then you realize that it's a big Freemasonry stronghold right here, huge, and that they really ran the Indians in the ground. You know what I mean? Because there's Spanish Freemasonry too. You know, conquistador Freemasonry. <laughs> there's no end to what man will do to get around having to contend with God, and Freemasonry is one of those things. Well, because, you know, business people need to collaborate, you know, it starts like that, you know, they need to be on the same page and they got to, they got to have, they can't have differing religions or they can't really get along. So they have to have one common uh, sort of occultic secret thing they do. And, um, you know, and then these guys are going to do business together and then eventually they're going to dominate and they're going to rule. Lust for power corrupts incredibly. And, you know, so I, I see the fault of society being society itself, being the people, uh, you know, everyday people. Like, you know, even going back to the movie society that, you know, camping, you know, sort of ridiculous low-budget movie that, you know, that, that, that really got a lot of respect around the world because of the, uh, the, the, the level of the satire and, uh, and the, uh, the, the absolutely insane ending, which... Really helped it, but um, basically the fault of society in the movie and why it rang true is because the people who participated in the gaslighting of the character are the problem. And like with me, I was gaslit too. Same thing, where I couldn't believe people that were former friends were now now they're on the other side, you know, my enemy, and gaslighting me, you know, hoping I commit suicide. Hoping I drive out, you know, handing me drugs and then gaslighting me and then trying to get me to overdose, all kinds of stuff. So the fault lies, as it always does, in, in the conformist. And most of America is conformed. 
So they don't ask any questions. You know how many people did not take the jab here, which shows nonconformity? It's a good, it's a good visual to, that you can have to, to understand that. Something like um, 30% of the people are the only ones that resisted that. Again, going by, by my theory, one-third, right? One-third. One-third, baby. It's one-third of the people didn't take the jab, and two-thirds did. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? That says a lot about America. Being a fake, being a phony. You know, so I'm, I'm not into making America great again because I... I, I, I see that it's always been this way. So it's kind of like, you know, but the fault isn't in, you know, in, in, in uh, you know, the big, the, big, the big trusts and the big corporations and all that. The, the fault is in the people that conform to it. And, and then, you know, these people now being brainwashed to think they're going to die in five years, you know, in 2030, that the world is going to explode. And the reason that's being put out there is because they're finally revealing their plan their plan is for no carbon. Do you understand what that means? No carbon means no life, no biological life. It means sweeping the planet, you know. They're, they're getting ready to die or to leave the planet and escape and leave everything else here to die. They plan to kill every last human being on Earth. Do you understand that? Including themselves, if they're left behind. They're nihilists. But they're teaching the kids now to be fatalistic, nihilistic. They're weaponizing the nihilism as propaganda. We only have a few more years to live, AOC would say. And then, you know, and then Biden, because of this climate emergency, we only have a few years to live. Uh, you know, and the UFOs are coming, and they're going to tell us, you only have a few years to live, and, well, we better lock down. Okay, but... The only reason we want you to lock down is so we can kill you more easily, see? The only people that made it out of Maui were what? The ones who would not comply with what the police were telling them. They said, stay here and stay in your car, and everything will be fine. And then the car started blowing up, and they, they got literally incinerated to death and blown up in their cars because of that fucking policeman. But the guys that got out of there would not comply. How's that for a lesson? Is that a good lesson? They would not comply. And so they lived. They did comply. And so they died. The police told them to kill themselves. On cue, please, because we have to clear out Lahaina of residents. And so they cooperated and died. I'm just following orders. No, you didn't follow orders. You, you murdered those people. And uh, that, that was really your order, and you're just lying. But I'm done with Maui. It's like, I understand. Two-thirds of the islands. Probably. My guess. Two-thirds of the island is going along with their new rebuild plan of, you know, Oprah and the Rock. What a pathetic loser this rock is. What a, what, a, what a complete, dirty, soulless sellout he is. You know, he and Oprah put together $5 million each in a little fund. And then they say, you can donate to our fund 
it will help the people. And so what they do is they, they, they're laundering five million, five million each because they, the only money they give out is the donations they take in. And meanwhile, their, their own money will return to them. It's, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. It's just unbelievable that people that rich would actually play that kind of game. It's, it's, but, but, what, but of course, why wouldn't they be greedy and stingy, you know? But The Rock is, uh, man, I used to really, I guess childhood heroes, right? Kill all your heroes. They're all, they're all not worth it anyway. And he was one of those guys that, you know, everybody liked when he came out of wrestling and got into movies. And it was like, sort of like Arnold, you know, Schwarzenegger. It was kind of the same kind of thing. You know, people really liked him, you know. And uh, now it's, 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 you see what kind of a, you know, just, you know, the Oprah lapdog, The Rock. You know, he's just standing there. It looks, it's, it's. Hey, give me a Pacific Islander anyway and it looks like a Hawaiian. Hell, yeah, The Rock, he'll do. Let's put him in the background. It's, it's just, <laughs> God. And uh, people actually fall for You see online, oh, I've given $5. I've given, Oprah, I'm going to give you everything I have. And honestly, they do that, thinking that that's going to help someone. It's, uh... Well, let's put it this way. If Island and John had that kind of uh, money coming in, they could save, they, they, they're being a street ministry, they would save a lot of people. Literally. You know, I mean, the only limitation they've had is just, they started is just because God was telling him. I remember when John told me that the Lord told him to feed people. So they started up a kitchen. They started trying to figure out how to get enough, you know, food so they could just feed people out there and have a box of food for people and and then tell them you gotta have a chance to tell them about Jesus. That was the point, to be, get a, get to be able to get their attention. You know, so they could say, hey, listen to this about Jesus. About, you know, the miracle of, you know, having you know, they've already done miracles like food that stretched way beyond what they made. We have those stories too. You know, they're they're literally doing every miracle Jesus did and witnessing about it on their website. Well, it's on Facebook. Oh, they've had opposition. People would say, oh, they're fake, and, you know, it's just another fake charity thing. And, and uh, But we have, you know, people on the ground, you know, been there, participated, helped out, seen for themselves, you know, on the ground in Pakistan, in Lahore, and verified that indeed it's a for real, you know, these guys are, well, you hear them here on the Zaf Report. They're, there's there's about as real as you can get in this world. But it's good to know that efforts are, you know, are being, um, uh, you know, that, that so little goes such a long way with so, so many rescues. Oh, Jesus told us, you know, it, you know, widows and orphans, right? That doesn't mean every widow and orphan. <laughs> People come up, hey, I'm an orphan. I wouldn't even, you know, I, I, I you know, the, 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 the people giving a couple of bucks, I mean, you know, just, you know, they're precious. They're, they're, they don't realize how much good they're doing. 
you know, it just depends what level you want to participate. I, for one, would really like to go uh, over there myself and hang out for a while. You know, uh, I'm not really afraid of the guns. I'm not afraid of the Muslims. Not really afraid of anything. You know, it's the only thing that blocks me in, the, in that sense is just my own physical limitations. Yeah, the the, uh, the uh, health issues or whatnot. Anyway, uh, good way to go. I've been waiting here for we've we've got uh, okay. Uh, Larry has sent me a a notice about Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan quit drinking, and he got himself in the best shape of his life. He's like 80 years old or something. Fantastic. Okay, touch ID, get back in. Well, okay. I hope you guys are having a great morning. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't obsess over anything I said about, you know, blocking and manifesting and all that. It's just there's been so much bad advice out there. We just have to follow the Lord and the Word, okay? And, you know, a big... A big key to this whole thing is really the Sermon on the Mount. You know, worry or hubris, those couple of things block it all. And, you know, just realize that all good things come from God. So if you've put a lot of work in something and you want a good outcome or whatever, all all you can do is give it to God and just have faith in the Lord and move on to something else. And I'm talking to myself too. It's not going to do anyone any good to sit there obsessing on stuff, you know. I watch these drummers, and this one guy is what's named Siberiano, and he um, he uh, is the best drummer in the world. I've, I've never seen a better drummer than this guy. He's so good that even pros quit after seeing him because they realize they'll never be as good as him. And I see that, and I look at my little drum set, and I, I don't really want to play, you know, all the chops that he has. I just like playing, um, you know, blues rock, you know. And I was, I was thinking, I want to get some, you know, doing some cover tunes and, you know, kind of having fun with it because I am a, a, you know, a pretty good drummer. I've got a nice little set of drums. And then I look at him and I'm going, oh, man, why even try? Then, then I think, don't be so human. Who knows what you can do, you know? And um, I'm thinking now if I had a backrest on my stool, that might help. Keep me, keep my back straight. Yeah. Well, all right, folks. Um, we're, we're just, I, well, you know, if you get anything on the Burning Man posted, I want to see, you know, such a weird story. Uh, anybody have any clue? I, I'm, uh, my feeling about it is it's, it's, it's some kind of a propaganda thing. But I don't really... You know, some kind of like, you know, global warming or climate change uh, issue. Or they're trying to make it into one. And uh, they got the people locked down there. It's, it's, it's just really weird, you know. So we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. God bless. Each and every one and those who don't know the Lord. Um, uh, well, if you sit here listening to this, you will know the Lord. He will speak to you. See you next time. One, two, three, clear.